Uno, uno, dos. Welcome to Two for the Road, Movies with Matt and Adam. Hi, Matt. And I'm Adam. We are a weekly movie pairing podcast. Every week we'll pick a theme, recommend, recommend a movie to the other guy that he has not seen based on that theme, watch, discuss, probably get disappointed when the other guy doesn't like the movie very much. <laughs> <laughs> Just a guess. I don't know. Sometimes, you know, I watch something I haven't seen in a long time and I don't like it all that much. <laughs> yeah, that is like the interesting thing, like watching it like with a... It's almost like watching it with someone next to you on the couch, like, yeah. you know, I hope they like it, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this week our topic, our theme was Lovable Losers. Yep. Got a couple good ones. Yep. Uh, and I would say uh, maybe, maybe the theme is uh, I feel bad for women that <laughs> these are their only options in the world. That, that's maybe more the, that's like maybe the feminist perspective, like. Yeah, Lovable might have a... Might have been a stretch. Both these movies feature women who are just slumming it, right? As far <laughs> as as far as their their choice in romantic partners, right? Um, yeah, I think that's a good term for it. All right, so the first movie I had you watch, 1985, from Savage, Steve Holland, Better Off Dead. <laughs> I had to look up Staff Savage to see if that was his real name. I guess it's a nickname. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So he's done a bunch of stuff. He did like a bunch of like cartoons. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, that kind of seems. He's a TV guy mostly. I think. And he always puts in like animation and like kind of surreal elements in his movies. Mm-hmm. And really, to me, he's really got just three movies. He's got Better Off Dead, mm-hmm. One Crazy Summer, which I've almost had you watch, but I think it doesn't hold up that well. Right. And then another one called How I Got Into College. Wow. Which does, I don't know, I think it would hold up. It's, anyway, these were like just, they were always on Comedy Central growing up. And so I have a very, uh, I got a strong bond with my man, Savage Steve Holland. Now, how old were you when you first saw this? Let's see. I was probably, I don't know, I, I would say, see, because I have a three-year-old brother, a brother who's three years older than me, so... Yeah. If he's 10 watching it, I was 7, I guess. So mm-hmm. probably that age range, maybe 1990, or 1987, between, 19, I don't know, like, yeah, probably 10, 10. 7, 10, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so, Matt, this, uh, I watched this again on my birthday. My wife was in the kitchen making dinner. I was just having a beer watching this movie. Loved it more than I ever have before. So you're, you might break my heart here in a moment. How did you feel about Better Off Dead? I didn't like it at all. Really? <laughs> I could not get into it. Not I didn't at think all. It was funny. I thought it was everything was set up. You saw what was coming. It was you know the whole. There was several features like the 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 uh, paper boy. I couldn't stand those scenes. You couldn't stand no. those scenes. No, they were just awful. 
I, I, this movie just didn't do anything for me. Matt, I'm really, <laughs> I'm, I'm really disappointed. And I, I, I'm a, you know, I'm a huge John Cusack fan. Four years later, he, he did uh, say anything, which to me is, you know, is so great compared to this. I just, well, it, I mean, it's a different yeah. movie. It's, yeah, it's this is Reiner instead of Steve Savage, Savage Steve Holland. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, I tried. I, I just couldn't get into it. I just thought the characters were all terrible. The uh, characters are terrible. <laughs> they were terrible. I mean, God. Um, What's his name is it, that always plays the really loud weirdos? Um, Curtis Armstrong? Yeah, Curtis Armstrong. He's you like, didn't like his character? No. Come on. I know I didn't. I didn't like it. I didn't. He plays the same character. I mean, he's, I and he, plus he's 33 years old. <laughs> I know he's in high school seven years, he says. But. Yeah, he, I'm, I've been in high school seven years. I'm no dummy. Come on. You didn't <laughs> think that was funny? That was the best line of the whole movie. No, what about when he's giving him advice on how to ski? Go that way really fast. That there's something turn. That's funny. No, no. no oh I my god. No, I didn't think it was funny at all. Wow. That. Um, and all that am- animation. What was the deal with the the raisins or what was the California raisins they looked like? Yeah. Okay. I will. I will say the animation <laughs> does not hold up at all. It was very. I don't even think I liked it when I was younger. Mm-hmm. The animation's stupid. Mm-hmm. I think there's also some animation in the uh, in One Crazy Summer. Yeah. All that's dumb. Yeah. Right? Take that out. Yeah. Well, you know who uh, you know who agrees with you about this movie? Who? John Cusack. Does he? <laughs> he uh, apparently he walked out of the screening after 20 minutes. I don't blame him. But he did another movie with the guy. Uh, he did. I know. He did uh, the one crazy the second summer. one. Yes, yeah. One crazy summer. Which I would not recommend to you because I'm sure you'd hate it. <laughs> Okay, well, wow. So, let me make a case for it. Okay. Go ahead. I mean, that's what we're here for. All right. So, the as you said, it is predictable. As soon as you see a covered car in the garage, you know it's going to get fixed. Right. Or on, on the lawn. As soon as you know he's not a, he's, he can't ski this hill, you know he's going to ski it. Mm-hmm. As soon as you see the French girl, you know he's going to get with her. Like, all that stuff, yeah, it's all predictable. But, I mean... Okay, that's true, right? <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, it's a it's a comedy, but because it was so predictable, I thought it had like some more like room to do all these like surreal things, mm-hmm. and like for example, like when he's at the board, and you know he's like uses a chalk yeah, and yeah. turns around, and everyone's like hair is sticking, stuff like that, like okay. little gags like that. But then also, I thought there were some kind of uh, some jokes that were a little bit different than what you would expect. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, a, like, the... First, okay, so the villain, Roy. Right. Roy Stalin. <laughs> Pretty good villain name. Right, right. And I thought he did well. Yeah. I was, I'm and he wasn't in much after that. No, he, nothing. Two, uh, he's only made, like, two movies. Yeah. That was it. But he was, like, the perfect right, dick. Yeah. You know? It also makes a pretty good pig noise. Which yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that scene where he, like, cracks some joke and then... Charles DeMar, Curtis Armstrong, who I would just refer to from here on out as Booger, because that's yeah, who yeah. he is in Revenge of the Nerds. You know, he comes and he keeps laughing, like, God, that was so funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it's so, like, things like that were, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was just, just a pleasure, just a joy. When I was watching this, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, this is like comfort food. I was like, God, is this like one of my favorite movies of all time? <laughs> it's so good. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I didn't feel any of that. And it has the recurring gags, like you didn't. Okay, so I I didn't take any many notes for this, but these are just these are my notes for this movie. These are my top six recurring gags okay. bits. So these are going descending order: the dad versus the garage door. 
That's all right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Gives the dad something to do. Played by Major Winchester from from MASH. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, it's that guy. Uh, everyone dating or wanting to date Beth. Well, that was kind of funny. That's kind of yeah, funny. Yeah, but, asking, yeah, yeah, I noticed you're not going out. And he's with that ugly teacher. And right. The, yeah. the teacher, the even the mailman is like, hey, anyway, by the way. Well, right. that was the most far-fetched thing in the, in the movie anyway, was Beth. What do you that mean? everybody wanted to go out with her. You didn't find Beth to be... <laughs> no, not at all. I thought she was boring and not that attractive. She kind of looked like Roy Stalin. They looked like brother and sister, right. which is a little bit creepy. Yeah, there was there was more than one creepy thing in this movie. <laughs> but yeah, so she, she's like dating everyone. Um, yeah, yeah. The mom's cooking. Yeah, Kim Darby, who was in the original True Grit. Okay. Yeah. She was good in this. I didn't just... I didn't found all that was boring. All that cooking stuff. But but there's it. like the creature with the tentacles coming out, and they don't yeah, even reference just, it. And she's just yeah. battling it, know, and you don't get nothing. You get no joy out I of that. Get anything out of it? I don't know. Okay, move on. I actually zipped through some of this. They have the French girl come over, and he serves. She serves French fries, French <laughs> toast, and French dress. Oh, come on, I mean, that's, that's all funny things. Uh, the little brother Badger, how to pick up trashy women. Yeah, there's always that little brother in these. <laughs> he was smarter than everybody else. All right, now I'm surprised you didn't like this one. The Howard Cosell Japanese car guys. Truly a sight to behold. The man beat the once great champ. Now a study in mumpishness. No longer the victory hungry stallion we've raced so many times before. But a pathetic, washed up, aged ex-champion. Um. I wasn't know how to. I wasn't sure how. Uh, I. How I felt about that. What do you mean? Whether it, whether it was racist or was it? I know it's eighties. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was. But I like, liked it. That I mean, I kind of liked that with a, his. I liked the voice he did. You know. I don't think he was really doing it. No, no. <laughs> I think it was someone else. <laughs> so. Yeah, was it racist? I don't. I mean. Well, I mean, I, I don't care because yeah. I mean, I you know, I've seen plenty of John Hughes movies, Long Duck Dong, yeah, or... Long Duck Dong and stuff. So, but I wasn't sure, and I don't know, maybe it was, I don't know, one of those. And then finally, I'm really disappointed you're not, uh, you didn't like the uh, the Paper Boy. Yeah, oh, I didn't like that one at all. It's two dollars. Yeah, like he he knocks on the door, and he's like, I need two dollars. He's like, Sorry, John, I don't have a dime. Didn't ask for a dime. Two dollars. Well, it's funny. See, my mom had to leave early to take my my brother to school and my dad to work because two dollars. Who's that kid? Is he? He, he has done a couple other things, yeah. but he was in another movie called Back to the Beach, and mm-hmm. also uh, probably something that doesn't hold up. I mean, I'm really uh, bummed out that you didn't like this. I know. I just kept watching. I'm going, okay, okay. This is what's gonna happen next. Okay, then that's a little. And it, I don't know, maybe it was the very beginning when he's got all these pictures of her and in his closet on each <laughs> It just seemed, I don't know, creepy. But, that, that, but see, yeah. that's why I like I liked how, how absurd everything was. Yeah. And he keeps trying to kill himself, and he fails. Maybe there could have been a little bit more of that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that would have been more interesting. Because it kind of, I told Gloria, and then in the middle of the movie, it stops. Yeah, he stops doing it, yeah. It doesn't. It's okay. The movie's called Better Off Dead. He should have. They should have had more of that. Mm-hmm. Like he was sitting in the garage, mm-hmm. you know, getting kind of. That was a pretty good scene. Right. Yeah. 
But I would have liked to see more of that instead of less of the paper paper boy. Could have been a little darker, but it went more like the surreal. That's probably why I didn't like it. It wasn't dark enough. Well, it's John Cusack. He doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't do dark. He plays Not the same anyway. He plays the same character. <laughs> I mean, this is like the genesis of that character, right? Right. right. Uh, man, I'm um, I am bummed out. Is there anything redeeming in your eyes about it? No. Nothing. I mean, I, I I was telling Gloria. I says I always find something in these movies mm. that I like, and I just can't think of anything. I you know I don't know. Maybe if I had been fourteen when I saw it, I would have liked it. You know. We stoned or not stoned? Not. Okay, well... That might be it. Give it another chance, okay. but I don't think you're ever going to go back to this. Maybe I will, just because I, I do like to revisit movies that I didn't like. Cause, and then sometimes I change my mind. But I don't know. Just You know, there were so many of these movies in the 80s, and I, I, there's so many better ones. This kind of, you know, high school kind of... Well, so, so the re- I don't... Like, I think you're like referring to like John, like the John Hughes genre, mm-hmm. whether they're his movies or not. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think this really fits in because I think this has that sort of like absurd slash like surreal element to it, where you're like, did that did that even happen? Right. Does that is this all imagined? And I felt like every scene had like a takeaway or like a line or like something you would quote or just something mm. funny to it. And it wasn't like it wasn't like Anchorman or something where it's like banging you over the head yeah, like right, every right. like joke 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 joke. But it was like, okay, there's there's something like humorous mm-hmm. in every moment throughout the movie. I thought. Right. I didn't. I'm really surprised. Usually we have a pretty similar. Yeah. I don't know. I just the whole like, snorting Jello to your you know this kind of stuff. It just. Yeah, that was dumb. But that's like one thing. All right, I'll give it another chance. <laughs> oh, listen, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm not here to convince you. Already watched it. Yeah. Well, so I don't, I don't have a lot of notes here, Matt. Do you have a oh, it's that guy? Well, I think I already named Kim Darby, who played the. Uh, she was a young actress who was in the original True Grit with and, um, Curtis. What's his name? Um, <laughs> Curtis Armstrong. Uh, major. David Ogden Steers. Um, I thought he was pretty good. I mean, I thought he was the best thing in here. The father? Yeah. Well, he yeah, he was trying to... I like that he's, like, <laughs> forcing his son to date. Like, <laughs> you're going to do the teenage ritual. You're going to date. Right. Uh, what about the teacher? He uh, he looked familiar. I don't, know, I don't know what he's from. Yeah, oh, yeah, he was in... Um, uh, Bunch of stuff. Yeah, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest... That's where I knew him from. Yeah, he used to be in a lot of television during the seventies and eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, always playing weird guys. Um, he's got a weird face. Yeah, he's got a weird, very weird face. Yeah, got a weird face. Oh, oh, yeah, right. He's also in Johnny Dangerously, which is a mm-hmm. great movie. Yeah, weird face, uh, kind of a unique voice. And and again, see, also with him, I loved that they kind of flipped it. Like the students were hanging on his every word. Every word, you know. Yeah, like I thought that was a little unusual. Usually, it's they're throwing shit at each other. Right. So you know, just kind of the, everything like tweaked a little bit. Yeah, I, yeah. I enjoyed that. Okay. Maybe just the way I felt that day. I don't know. Man, you are bumming me out. <laughs> Matt hates joy. And I didn't like the fat kid and his mother. At all. We're not supposed to like them. No, I, don't, I mean I didn't like. I didn't find their characters even likable in the movie. (laughs) 
the the mother with her uh, like she's just so like exaggerated you know mm-hmm. like she's like got this gaudy clothing she's got like you know five thousand layers of makeup and just her accent and like the way she laughs i mean i don't know she's so over the top that it's i guess a- i didn't get it that it was an absurd it's an absurdist film almost you know because it's just not a, compared to a lot of people but it, it is absurd if this were French and it was called Les Better Off Dead, you were excited. You would have loved it. <laughs> <laughs> would have been in your new top twenty. Um, all right, Matt. I don't know. Uh, I don't really have much else to say. If you, I mean, if you hated it so much, I mean, I don't know if running through the plot really is necessary. Right? Well, basically, is, is guy is obsessed with this girl. She dumps him for the ski team captain. Can't believe it. So he decides that. The only thing to do is kill himself to get her attention, and he tries a couple times, and then he forgets. And yeah, he's very, very half-hearted in his right, suicide right. attempts. Not, not like the woman in uh, uh, the last one we just saw. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, another thing about this movie is the John Cusack character doesn't really have much to do. No, you know, like he kind of just lays out, and it's just things kind of happen around him. And he, he reacts a little bit, but... Yeah, I mean, like, he's in school, he's sitting there in the lunchroom, he's just drawing, and he's pretending this is some sort of cartoon or something. And that's pretty much... Yeah, he's just doing something, but not doing much. And I was always unclear if we were supposed to think that the John Cusack character was attractive or not attractive. Because apparently he got Beth, and she's willing to sleep with him. Mm. But he also hangs out with Booger. Right, so he's probably not high on the list. So I, yeah, I couldn't like figure out like the high school like the high school hierarchy of who's cool, who's not cool. I couldn't figure out where he landed. I don't think he's in. He's I don't the, think he's in the cool group. That's for sure. Well, then why? Well, then why? Why, would, why was he going with Beth, or why was Beth going with him? Right. So that was also a little bit of a. I couldn't figure that one. Yeah, out. Yeah, you don't know because in, in some of you know in the other movies, you always know where people stand. Mm-hmm. As far as where they are in the right. hierarchy, right? You know, but here he's this guy. Doesn't really do much. Not outstanding in any way. No, you know, um, he's taller than most of them. But yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, but until he gets that cool car running, best part of the movie was the car. Was a cool car. <laughs> the Camaro. Because he goes on that date with the woman who's got like the, the braces, bra- or not, or the, the, yeah, like, whatever, whatever, like braces times ten. Were there? Because yeah. again, everything's exaggerated yeah. here. And she's like, I don't want to go out with you. You know, here, like, let's just just give me thirteen bucks. We'll call you. Know, we'll we'll call call you. Whatever. So uh, I I got the sense that maybe he's not that desirable. But then how to get Beth? It's not. I mean, he doesn't. Maybe she was slumming, or maybe the captain was slumming. Because I I didn't find it all that attractive. Yeah. Okay, what, what about the French girl? I thought if Casanova and I and Zara had nothing to say to each other, he'd get bored. Go away. Instead, he uses it as a chance to put his testicles all over me. Uh, his what? Uh, how you say, uh, octopus, uh, testicles. <laughs> tentacles. N-T. Tentacles. Ah, uh, tentacles. There's a big difference. <laughs> In her own way, yeah, yeah. She, she, I guess she started this curly hair revolution on movies or something. Um, and I'm, I assume she's not French. Her name is Diane Franklin. No, so I'm not sure if she's still working yeah. quite a bit. So, 
Uh, yeah, she to me that she's much more attractive. I would agree. Plus, she could work on cars, and and she had a sense of humor. Right. You know, she had a good sense of humor, which Cusack did too. Beth didn't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's another strike against her. She was so boring. True. Yeah. Uh, it seems like her and Roy match made in heaven. Right. I think he's grow up and have some boring ass kids. Uh, let's see, anything else that I wanted to mention about this movie? I mentioned uh, Savage Steve Holland and his kind of trio of films. Mm-hmm. So unlike Matt, if you like this movie, you should check out uh, One Crazy Summer, probably the weakest, although it does star Young Demi Moore and uh, How I Got Into College, uh, which I think is probably the second best of the three. Uh, I think that's about it, just that John Cusack hated this movie. Um, <laughs> and then he kind of walked that back later and said, well... Maybe he just had the one in the right headspace or something when I watched it. It's like, yeah, yeah, you hated it. Yeah, you hated it. He just hated how his character was portrayed. Like, he said the first 20 minutes, which Mm -hmm. I can understand if you get to the burger scene, you're like, okay, this is stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't you know it's stupid when you're doing it? Yeah, I mean, can't you figure that out? I mean, you're, you're pre- doing the lines every day. <laughs> You've pre- read the script. You're pretending to be like Dr. Frankenstein uh, in like the back of a burger joint. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, all that stuff was dumb. Mm-hmm. But uh, I still think that this movie is a... I, think it's just, I just think it's a classic. I think it's an undeniable classic. I didn't even talk about the soundtrack. What is the soundtrack? That's it. <laughs> and also... I. I was actually going to, you know how we mentioned the best line? Uh-huh. I was going to mention the worst line. Okay. And it was in one of the songs. Okay. Um, I've been arrested by you. Take me in. I've been arrested by you. Take me in. What the fuck is this song? Is, is this the dance at the school? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the song. It's always great when, like, these 80s movies, when the band at the school prom or whatever is singing a song that is the title of the movie. Because, mm-hmm. like, the chorus of that was, like, a I think that was dead. in that. Maybe it was not in that. Maybe it was in something else. But maybe, but yeah, it was just this terrible, terrible song. I'm listening to this, and that was the worst line of the bunch. It was like, what? Because you, you, usually in these 80s movies, you can come away with at least a good soundtrack. Well, I mean, yeah, a yeah. John Hughes movie. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I sure. don't... I mean, what was the... <laughs> I don't know that the budget of this yeah, film was, true, true. was, you know, allowing you to get those A-list songs. Yeah. But the soundtrack's terrible. The soundtrack is terrible. I'll give you that. But I would say, despite all these shortcomings, it remains... I don't know. I just I just loved watching it. All right, I tell you what. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch this with Gloria some night when we're stoned. Oh, she didn't watch it? No. I, I was going to ask you what she thought no, about it. No, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll watch it with her when we're stoned. Yeah. You, I mean, so the, uh, I don't know, I don't see what the budget was, but the, uh, the oh, so the U.S. gross, just over $10 million. Not bad. I'm sure it didn't cost that much. No, I'm sure it did not either. Mm. So I'm sure they, that, I mean, that's why he got to make a few other movies and then he got <laughs> relegated to, um, you know, TV, cartoons, whatever it is, like the Disney Channel, wherever old Savage got uh, relegated to. <laughs> All right, Matt. Um, yeah, I, I'm exceedingly disappointed that you did not like this movie. But oh, well. What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, all right, so you want to guess the scores? Sure. Now, remember, this is 
the audience. This is, this is the audience. 43,000 people checking in. I think they're going to disagree with me and do seven. Seven one. Okay. See? Which is respectable. It's respect- respectable, yeah. yeah I, see, I think it should be a little bit higher. I think this movie, uh, I would say it's got, I don't know, maybe, does it have, I, I think it has cult status. Maybe I'm wrong in that. I think you are. But, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe it just has cult status like in my household. Because right, I'm pretty right, sure my right, brother, right. Like, is, brother is with me on, on next, all these points. Next time you're in Florida, you guys will watch it again. Yeah, I got I to gotta, like check in with him and be like, I'm not crazy. That was a fantastic movie, right? The, maybe maybe just, uh, just with us is where it All right, we'll, figure, true. We'll, we'll see what the other... Uh, see what they say. The all right. tom- tomato meter. Yeah, what do you think? The critics. I'm going to go seven again. 76. Okay, that's high. <laughs> Is it? It's higher than... I expected less. Ah, it's... I was expecting a seven. All right, and what do you think about the audience? Oh, uh, we're going to go 85. 87. Okay. So the audience likes it a little bit more. Right. Uh, let me find a uh, negative review here. Uh, I'm trying to find one of someone that's notable, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, okay, here we go. Washington Post. Mired in this is Cusack, an unusually adept verbal comedian not so adept at this kind of slapstick. What? Hmm. I don't even understand what that means. <laughs> I don't know if that was somehow aggregated from uh, several different sentences cobbled together. But yeah, uh, let's see. I'm trying to find some other negative reviews. I'm seeing it described as a cult 80s comedy, though. Cult? Seeing that huh, somewhere. Huh. Okay, so this is not <laughs> reputable, but this might be... Wh- oh, here we go. TV Guide. Unfortunately, only about half of the many jokes and gags in this film are actually funny. <laughs> Uh, there's a potentially edgy aspect to Better Off Dead's comedy that's never fully realized. So, yeah, I, I, it could be darker, but I just liked how just everything was just um, so surreal. You know, it had that quality to it. Maybe because I knew what I was getting, I knew what to expect. Yeah, I don't know. I just. Matt, Matt, you have any uh, lingering questions about Better Off Dead? Well, the only. <laughs> I did have one. All right, let's hear it. About why, uh. Um... Why did the English, the French girl have to dress up like purple marks? <laughs> oh, you mean like the yeah. giant trench coat? Tr- tr- trench coat. It looked like she was trying to hide her pregnancy, like <laughs> Elaine did. And... Yeah, I just think it's, uh, you know, maybe that was the fashion. That was the style. Mm. If she was a Yankees fan, would you like this movie? Uh, what would you yeah, get one point higher? I love the fact <laughs> that she was a Brooklyn Dodger fan. She didn't even met, she just she says the Dodgers, uh-huh. and and she then she says something about the Brooklyn Dodgers. They oh. hadn't been in L.A. in thirty years. That's the joke, man. And I guess that's the joke. She's a big uh, big she's, fan. She's French. They're they're behind the times. <laughs> yeah, she's a car fixing, baseball loving, uh, cute French girl. Hi, right, Matt. Uh, yeah, let's. I guess we'll end this. Very disappointed. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry, but I, you know, like I said, I'll watch it again. Gloria and I will watch it some night and get right. another chance. Yeah, so let's uh, come back and we'll talk about Punch Triple.
right, and we're back. And before we get into our next movie, Matt, we neglect it because of your your, just, your visceral hatred, hatred of uh, Better Off Dead. We neglected to read the critics' consensus. Oh, well, let's read that. I want right. to hear it. Uh, yeah, you'll disagree with all of this. Uh, you'll disagree with almost every word of this. Okay. Uh, Better Off Dead is an anarchic, anarchic mix of black humor and surreal comedy anchored by John Cusack's winsome, charming performance. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I did disagree. Yeah. Even John Cusack didn't like his performance. That's true. He did not like it. But, you know, he uh, did another movie with it with the same dude. Yeah, so, so. What do you, I, don't know, what, I don't know. I don't know what to take away from that. All right, so moving on. Next movie, Punch Drunk Love. P.T. Anderson's... Who was a very popular in his show, and I think he continued. I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I enjoyed this very much. Yeah, I liked. Okay, so you always talk about like when were you in, when you were out, mm-hmm, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was in pretty early, like kind kinda, you know, like the, I mean, the first scene is Adam Sandler in essentially an empty warehouse, right? But P.T. Anderson can make an empty warehouse look. Beautiful. Well, it is. The colors in this film is unbelievable. And very sparsely decorated, too. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, even the choice of Sandler's suit, you know, Mm -hmm. like all that stuff. So, anyway, so it looked magnificent, Mm -hmm. right? So... You know, you know, if we compare him to Savage Steve Holland, which okay. is probably a sentence that's never been uttered. Right. Savage Steve Holland is serviceable, right? He's right. fine. It wasn't. He, He's made a career. He didn't make any mistakes. No, you know, no. it wasn't like uh, that no. was terrible. Well, no. you think it was terrible, but as far as like the I mean, direct- it wasn't an offensive movie. It's just I didn't like it. Right. It, it wasn't something that was so bad that it's you, not gonna make a, uh, one of those lists where the worst movies ever made. You didn't like the writing, I but the like directing the is fine. Yeah, right? the directing was fine. He did what he had. It's serviceable, really right? With the, with the he wrote the script. So, <laughs> but you know, you, right. can, you can appreciate one and you, you, you can hate one and think the other one's fine. Mm-hmm. But with PTA, it's like, oh, like every shot is interesting, correct? And we've seen that in his other movies, too. So, it's like a whole different animal. And I will say, I have some issues with this movie's story, mm-hmm. like the whole, like the actual. Like the actual plot, I'm like ah, okay, you know I and and I I get like okay well, we don't really know anything about Adam, I mean we know a little bit about Adam Sandler's character Barry Egan we know nothing about anybody else, mm-hmm. and and I'm fine with that, but when it was over, I was like well I, I didn't get the point I guess so I, I'm fine with like just displaying. Mm-hmm. you know, a story and displaying characters and, like, just watching something happen, even, like, a really small moment, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. That's, like, my favorite kind of short story. But usually at the end, you walk away with, like, a feeling. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have that feeling at the that... end. So for me, this was not a bad movie by any means, right. of course, but mm-hmm. I would I would say it's, uh, to paraphrase the squid and the whale, it's minor PTA. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I read that, you know, some, that PT loves Adam Sandler movies mm-hmm. um, and he watches them a lot but he always felt like his character was never it was always the same character and this is different because he's got this really bad temper you know he's a he's a there's something wrong with him right he's this lovable loser as we call the show uh-huh. 
but there's something obviously not right about him. Right, and, and actually, that's, that I didn't even finish my thought earlier. That's when I was really in. Mm-hmm. So we have this opening scene where Adam Sandler is just at this desk, and you're like, "What?" He's like calling about coupons. He's like, what is it even your job? Like, are you? Do you have a job? Are you just like? Are you an adult? Kind of. Are you like mentally kind of like mentally deficient mm-hmm. and like you're in like your parents' garage doing this or something like? You, are you pretending to be an accountant? I had no idea what was happening, right? Which I like. Yeah, he almost looked like he was he was a like a a, a guy at the end of his shift to, as a security guy in some where he's sitting at a desk, but he got nothing to do, so he calls this company that he. Right. Actually, I thought that was his job. I thought he was some like crazy, like you mm-hmm. know, just going over details. Anyway, mm-hmm. but then when I was really in, is when he goes. He finally gets to this party at his like what seven sisters. He's got seven house. sisters. Yeah. And you know. He can walk in. They're like, "Yeah, where we used to call you, Gay Boy, or whatever." It's like, "Hey, we were just talking about you. All right. Remember we used to call you Gay Boy? You'd get all mad." What's that? We used to call you Gay Boy. Remember, you'd be fine, and then we'd call you Gay Boy. You just freak out. We were calling you Gay, and you got so mad you threw the hammer through the sliding glass yeah. door. You remember? I don't remember that. Yes, you do. We were calling I'm... you Gay Boy, and you got so mad. Are you gay now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We were trying to figure out why you had a hammer in the house. Why did you have the hammer? I don't know. I have the hammer. Thank you. Are you using that dandruff shampoo I bought you? Yes. Barry. 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 Why do you have the hammer? Why did I have the hammer? And then he just smashes the glass doors. I was like, oh. Three glass doors. I was like, oh, now I'm in. Because that's what they said. You you smashed, you you threw a hammer through the window or the glass door. And he says, I don't recall that. And they just keep harping on it, and before you even, you don't even see him do it. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, you hear this glass breaking, and he's standing in front of three broken windows, right. or doors. And in that scene, he went from being kind of pathetic mm-hmm. to, uh, first of all, he's lying all the time. Right. So he's pathetic, He's then he's also deceitful, and he's violent and dangerous. So he became a lot more interesting as a character. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, to me, this is one of those films, and I think this is the third time I've seen it. Um, and we always, you know, like we say, we talk about when we're in and when we're out. And the opening scene, right, it's beautiful. It's uh, sparse. You don't really know what he's doing. You know, he just somehow, for some reason, he gets off the phone or he hears a noise or something and he goes outside to see what it is and he walks to the street and he's just watching his car come down the road. All of a sudden, the tire blows and the car goes tumbling down the street but what catches his eye is not that so much. It's the fact that this van pulls up right behind him, right behind it, and drops off this like little piano on the street. Harmonium. Harmonium. So we don't even. The car is forgotten, or mm-hmm. the truck, whatever it was. It's you know just rolled past him. So now we're focused on this, and I thought that was really kind of cool. Well, I didn't know. So did that actually happen? Because he didn't even. Because he's not mentally deficient to the point of not calling the police or an ambulance. You know what I mean? Like I just think he was odd about what got his attention or what he was focusing on. Mm-hmm. I mean, look what he did. He was constantly focused on the pudding, mm-hmm. you know, things like that that didn't really mean anything to, except to him. I don't know. That's why I kind of felt that, that even a car rolling down the street, he's, uh, he's so weird that that doesn't even... Catch his eye. It's, it's, it's like, this other thing. It's like, what does that have to do with me? Right. <laughs> well, that car and he just over. leaves the, the harmonium there on the street until somebody says something. 
you know. Well, he keeps thinking about it. Yeah, he, so he has, to, he has to go back and save it. Right. So, I mean, that's the way I, when I first saw it, I went, oh, this is interesting now. You know, and you're right. Um, this is not Magnolia, Boogie Nights, or any of those. It's not even Heart 8. No, no. But what it does for Adam Sandler, um, I think... I think this is one of his best roles. I don't generally like him. I like him in the Spanglish. I liked him in the, what was the movie about the, the bookie, the, the guy gambling. I liked him in that, but most of the stuff I, I, I don't like him at all. <laughs> so I'm just going to run through Adam Sandler's. So I'm going to put this movie in the middle of his uh, filmography. Okay. okay. Right? 98 Waterboy. Never seen it. Yeah. I, I don't think you've seen most of these. No. But they're all kind of the same, and then this one stands out. 99, Big Daddy. 99, he's the voice in Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. 2000, Lil Nicky. 2001, The Animal. 2002, Punch Drunk Love. 2002, Mr. Deeds. 2002, Eight Crazy Nights. 2003, Anger Management. So it's like, what? I mean, this is obviously an outlier where he... And it's strictly P.T. Anderson saying... You know, I'm gonna make a better movie with you. I guess to me. Well, it's like, what if we, what if he took your character, which are, you 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 constantly play people who have serious mental issues, mm-hmm. but what would that look like if it wasn't a cartoon? What would that look like if right. it was like three dimensional, and this person had a family and a job and anxiety and had to like cope with the world? Right. This is your character. More real. Right. Right. What if what if little what if, what if little Nikki uh, was horny? Right. <laughs> you know, like stuff like that. Right. And or grew up with seven sisters and has a violent temper. You know. Um, well, here I'll read. The, I'll read. The, I, I pulled up the opening of Roger Ebert's review. He gave it three and a half stars. He says there is a new Adam Sandler on view in Punch Drunk Love. Angry, sad, desperate. In voice and mannerism, he's the same childlike love star Adam Sandler we've seen in a series of dim comedies. But this film, by seeing him in a new light, encourages us to look again at those films. Given a director and a screenplay that sees through the Sandler persona, that under, that understands it is as a disguise for a suffering outsider, Sandler reveals depths and tones we may have suspected but couldn't bring into focus. So, I mean, that pretty much... I mean, you look, that whole list of those movies... That's basically what he's talking about. Right. So uh, so it was interesting, and I don't think that Adam Sandler is, you know, he's not Daniel Day-Lewis or anything. He's not, oh, of course not. I don't think he's got a lot of range. I mean, this character was not that different than, uh, God, what's the gambling movie I keep forgetting? <laughs> it's not so different than um, that one, right? Yeah. You know, fidgety, nervous, angry... You know, that's kind of how that is being played out. Right. Uncut gems, damn it. Yeah, yeah. uncut gems. Okay. Uh, so anyway, so back, so, you know, he, his, it was uh, kind of a revelation for him mm-hmm. as an actor. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. I don't know why I never saw this when it came out. I, I think maybe I was just like, oh, yeah. I get it. Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler, another one. Mm-hmm. Given the right director, he's fine. He's serviceable. Spanglish was directed by the great James Brooks, who did a lot of great comedies over the years. So given the right director, the right script, he's fine. I mean, Uncut Gems, he was great in that, I thought. 
I'm surprised he's not writing his own stuff by now. It seems like he's a pretty talented dude. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, he, don't get me wrong. He's cashing checks, doing what he's doing. Like, <laughs> he's, he's, I mean, he's like consistently one of the most watched things on Netflix. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's he's fine. I mean, yeah, he's not. Yeah. I, you know, I just you know, maybe he, maybe he'd want to do something. Hey, whatever. He, I'm whatever. I'm not trying to get in the head of Adam Sandler. Um, well, so let's get in the head of Barry Egan. Yeah. So Barry Egan is a dude who doesn't like to be around people so much. Uh, his sisters are. Relentless, yeah. In their torture of him, right? And can you imagine having seven sisters? Oh God! <sighs> so they pile on, definitely. They, they pile on, essentially. Mm-hmm. And but one of them was trying to hook him up with her friend. Mm-hmm. The friend saw a picture of him and was like, "Oh my God, I gotta get with that guy." <laughs> yeah, that was a little unbelievable <laughs> plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she wanted to meet him. Yeah, I really got to meet that guy. Oh, what? And he is crazy. Cool. I like that. Yeah. And she, she's played by Emily Watson. Right. I don't know much about her. She was big right around that time, but I don't know what she's doing now. You know. Right. And so this chick is like really into him for some reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, this is a character who we know nothing about. We know that she's divorced, mm-hmm. but we don't know the circumstances around that. Like nothing explains why she'd be attracted to him. Right. Does she also have some sort of mental deficiency it doesn't seem like she does no but it's really hard to kind of understand the there logic is, there of isn't like, really any logic to it you know just except that maybe some women like dating odd people <laughs> you know or I don't know oh he's I don't odd. know why they're because even when they're together except that in moments of clarity okay he's almost always lying mm-hmm. but in moments of clarity he tells the truth but his his lying is also like obvious. Like right. I I didn't do that thing that I just did. You know, it's like it's it's like it's like a little yeah. kid. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He is like a child. Right. He doesn't understand what other people know. Almost. Mm-hmm. It kind of. It seems like that. Well, he does something and then wants. You know, can you just let me get away with it, kind of thing? Like he says to the restaurant manager. You know, you know don't do this to me. <laughs> you just ruined my bathroom. <laughs> the guy's like, I'm gonna crack your fucking skull. Get out of here. <laughs> You're not understanding my level of anger at this moment. And, you know, and again, and, and she never brings it up. Like, why are we getting kicked out of here? Why do we have to leave? Yeah, she's just rolling with it. Yeah, she I mean, just rolls with yeah. it because he knows, she knows he's nuts. And that, I, mean, I think that's the thing that, like, didn't really work for me for the mm-hmm. inti- for the whole mm-hmm. movie is that it's supposed to be like, a, I mean, love is in the title, right? right? It's supposed to be a love story, but I don't get it. I don't get, like, their romance, like, they slept together and then... They're in love. I mean, I, I, there's, they don't, there was no like moments of connection. Mm-hmm. There was nothing profound. There was nothing deep. It was just like, okay. I think for his character, for him to be in love, it's got to be really weird, <laughs> right? Sure. You know. What about her? I know that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, she's something wrong with her. If she's, you know, if she sees a picture of this guy, I gotta have that guy. Right. Maybe it's just because the picture with seven sisters is kind of like, I don't know. I, yeah, it's never explained. No, no, either. No. And then we get, so, so that's, that's the basic plot. They, they meet, they have some issue, they issues, they fall in love. But then we have this other plot, which also seemed kind of inexplicable that he's, he, he gives his number, he gives his credit card information to like a phone sex operator. Mm-hmm. She starts exploiting him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, 
you know, that's like, kind of like the central tension. We, we get a really underutilized uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's only in like two scenes. Yeah, he just stops by to have a cup of coffee. Um, <laughs> but he's great. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. I mean, he's fantastic. I mean, yeah. he's in there for maybe two minutes and 30 seconds total, yeah. if that. Yeah. yeah. And he, yeah, he as soon as he comes in, you understand, like, that's the dude everyone respects. That's the dude everyone's scared of. Mm-hmm. He lays down the law real quick. And then we have this final moment where Sandler finally approaches him, still carrying the phone that he ripped that's off the wall. That. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's that. So that's that. Yeah. That's that. Fuck you. You're a pervert. Think you can be a pervert and not pay for it? Don't you say that to me. You call the phone second. Shut up. I didn't do anything. I'm a nice man. I mind my own business. So you tell me that's that before I beat the hell from you. I have so much strength in me, you have no idea. I have a love in my life. It makes me stronger than anything you can imagine. I would say that's that, Mattress Man. You came all the way from L.A. to tell me this. Yes, I did. Tell the cops? No. That's that. Was that in another movie? I don't know, but they had. They it had, reminds me of another movie. They had that stare down, right? Where Philip Seymour Hoffman finally backs down because he realizes this mf'er came all the way from <laughs> California to bash my head open with a telephone that he's still holding. So maybe I should chill out. <laughs> and he says, "Get out of my head!" Yeah, fuck you, man. Right. He goes, ah. "That was a great scene." It was, mm-hmm. and that's that. Yeah, and that's that. Then he goes home and he brings the harmonium. To his new girl, and I didn't Lena. get I didn't get the symbolism of the harmonium. Was that above my head? I, I, I was no. I just think it was just something, some odd thing. He's an odd person. He, he it would be, you know, he would be the kind of person that would pick up some odd thing off the street, you know, and actually learn how to play it. Mm-hmm. it seemed like he was just he was fixing it and gonna learn how to play it. I mean, you and I would look at that and go. You'll set it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't even look at it. I just no, keep walking. Even, no, no, I wouldn't keep walking. No, wouldn't even make my peripheral. Mm. And yeah, so he, yeah. And then uh, we didn't mention uh, Vermont's own Louis Guzman. Yeah, who uh, plays uh, his coworker, who's got some great looks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen a, a shaved no Guzman. That is that was unusual. Yeah, a shaved Guzman yeah, is uh, yeah. quite a spectacle. Yeah, I like his, the look when she came and asked 
Adam Sandler out, mm-hmm. and he's just looking like, oh my god, like, is this happening? Yeah, <laughs> I love Luis Guzman because he has made a career out of being a guy with a pot belly. There's that one scene you just see his belly. It's like oh, look like at that. he like has like so, I mean it's it's almost like there's a pillow in there in some mm-hmm. scenes. Cause like like the shirt he's wearing is not the right cut for him, I guess. But like he does like the hands on the hips kind of thing, and just like the belly is just like it's out there. Yeah, it's a very odd shaped. Yeah. Hey, I respect it. Yeah, like he's like respect I'm, the belly. I'm such a good actor. I don't need <laughs> to, to, to I don't need abs. You know, <laughs> like I'm like this is my this is my. Uh, this is my clout right yeah, here. Yeah. And he, I guess this is the second movie that he was in with PT, and he was in Magnolia, too. So, well, that's good. Uh, I don't know, Matt. Anything else you want to say about this movie? We we usually do, like, the best lines or best scenes. Nothing really no, stood that, out to me. The, it didn't really have a, a, a soundtrack, did it? It was this really odd kind of... It had these weird, like... Every now and then there's like an inter, like the, the kind of a scene change where there's like colors mm-hmm. and lights and... I, yeah, that I, didn't work for me. I didn't... Oh, really I felt like something was in the early 60s or something. It felt dated. Like, it felt like maybe like in 2000, like this is cool, but it just wasn't. It felt like 1962 in, you know, The Incredible Mr. Limpet or some <laughs> bullshit movie that was, you know... Yeah, I didn't like that at all. Yeah, it wasn't... But the soundtrack is like, it's just, it's just weird sounds a lot of times. It's nothing... There's nothing going on. You know, I didn't really notice it. Yeah. So I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean this this movie. There's uh, there's not much to this movie. You know, it mm-hmm. always looked great. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, one scene we didn't mention when he's first calling the sex line. Mm-hmm. I really like that scene. He's kind of like just just the way he moves around his apartment. He's very nervous. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what to do. He's you know they're asking him questions. He doesn't want to answer, but he does anyways. Yeah. Very. That's probably his best scene in the whole movie. Yeah, I I, I don't know how Hollywood works. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But I, whenever I watch a movie, I try to imagine what's the scene that this person did to get this part. Right. And I feel like that was the one. He was perfect in that because he's so. You can feel you can feel him being overwhelmed, uh-huh. and yet he keeps going. Right. You know, and he's just walking around like I don't know what am I doing here? What am I doing here? And she. Yeah, that was incredible. And he's he's so fidgety and just like the way he takes a step and the way he sits down. And then the next morning when she calls and there's another great shot where he's just like walking backwards mm-hmm. and the camera oh, yeah, yeah. is pulling back. And you're like, how's this, how's this, how's this dude still taking steps backwards? It feels like he's walking into the wall. He's, he's, you know, literally walking away, you know, so far. You feel like he's just, you know, getting farther and farther, like into the wall almost. Yeah, this, I mean, this is, this is what, like we say, a minor P.T. Anderson but the direction is, is fabulous. Sure, there's still a lot to, it, yeah, to like about yeah, it. Yeah. You know, again, a minor PTS is still, better than most. <laughs> I mean, it's still good. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it just um, I don't know, I, I guess I was expecting a little bit more to be like blown away by it. Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard people who I really like say mm-hmm. that this is one of their favorite movies right. and I just yeah. was surprised because it just, you know, it just, was, it, was, it was fine. It, yeah, it yeah. was Almost like building towards something that just never really happened. There was no payoff at and the end. We get like the brothers, and they were okay, you know? <laughs> they were real brothers, too. Were they? Yeah. I mean, when I saw that, I was like, oh, this seems like a Lebowski thing. You it's know? exactly, it felt like the... Uh, um, the Nihilists. Yeah, the Nihilists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe it was an homage to the, the Nihilists. No, no, I don't I'm know. I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt that. Because yeah. only a couple years apart, right? Yeah, I mean, a lot of that stuff didn't work. 
I just think that the direction P.T. Anderson, the way the movie looked, the Adam Sandler character was like Adam Sandler's characters, but different, and that kind of stuff. And Philip Seymour Hoffman just ripped it up in that one big scene he had. So yeah. I could have done with more Sandler in the supermarket. I did like Love that. that. I did like that. I liked him talking to himself. <laughs> Looking for the pudding. Or? I thought that was kind of funny that you know the the whole pudding thing, that he's figured it out. He says, "Oh wait a minute, they've made a big mistake here." Mm-hmm. And he's trying to get the best deal that he can. So first he looks at the soup mm-hmm. or whatever, or the dinners, then the soup, and then the pudding. So right, that was cool. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. All right, Matt, you want any other comments? You have it for us, uh, Punch Drunk Love before we no. wrap it up. No. Uh, all right, you want to guess the score on IMDb? We got 154,000 people checking in. Wow. So we are getting right around the point where this score is not going to change much, I think. Um, I'm actually going to go under our... I'll go 7-2. Oh, you almost got it. It's right at our Scarecrow threshold. Oh, the Scarecrow 3. threshold. For those who don't know, the Scarecrow Scarecrow was the first movie we watched, and it got a 7-3, so that's our threshold. And that, that seems like exactly what it deserved. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of all the movies we watched, that one, yeah, 7-3. I think this one, too. I think this one's 7-3. Yeah, that's I think it, good. I think that's exactly right. Anything above 7 is completely respectable. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you're creeping towards that 8 point, you're getting, now you're getting to, like, classic stats, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I don't yeah. think this... No. This has that, no. but I mean, it's interesting if you, obviously, if you like PTA, you've probably seen it, but uh, yeah, if, if for some reason you, you're holding out and haven't watched it yet, I definitely think it's, yep. it's and plus it's like 87 minutes yeah, it's or not something, very long. it's a breeze, it you takes, know? takes no time at all to watch. Yeah, it, it flies right by. Uh, what do you think about the tomato meter? You got 197 I'm going to go 90. Ooh, you went way high, 79. Oh, wow, the- Critics did not like this minor man. <laughs> not too different than Better Off Dead. I'm yeah. just saying, All not right. too All different. Right. Uh, let me see if I can find some negative reviews from respectable uh, people here. Uh, let's see, The Guardian. Uh, nothing makes much sense, and the Watson character would have run a mile from Sandler, who performs like Jerry Lewis, at least at his least endearing. Performs like Jerry Lewis at his least endearing. Um, this well, is, you were right about that character. Yeah, this is Time Out. Uh, the film looks good and has its funny moments, but too often one senses Anderson straining to impress. And I didn't get that vibe. Yeah. Um, all right, Matt, th- uh, what do we think about the audience? Uh, I'm going to go seven. Seventy-seven percent. Yeah. I'm surprised. I thought this was, like, beloved when it came out. I'm, I'm surprised that people are crapping on it. I don't it. know many people have watched it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's basically averaging a C+, plus, which yeah. seems a little bit low. Yeah. I could say, I mean, as far as, you know, Rotten Tomatoes go, I would say 85 yeah, seems yeah. more mm-hmm. more accurate. But I don't know. What are you going to do? Yeah. All right, Matt. So, next show, we're going to watch uh, directorial debuts. Yep. Yep. And we're going to watch, uh, God, Badlands. From Terrence. Terrence Malick. And I'm going to have you watch Christopher Nolan's first film called Following. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Let's get out of here. Bye. Peace. He's a Philistine. What's a Philistine? It's a guy who doesn't care about books or interesting films and things. But I'm a Philistine. 
No, you're interested in books and things. No, I'm a Philistine. You've been shitting in my yard. I have not. It's fun.